0: A locavore is a person who chooses to consume food that is grown, raised or produced locally. This is the Locavore Podcast, brought to you by White's IGA. Welcome to my Locavore podcast. I'm Ros White and this is the podcast where we dig deep into the stories behind the hundreds of locally sourced, artisan, bespoke and innovative products available to you in one location at White's IGA on the Sunshine Coast. Our Locavore program was officially launched in 2013 to showcase and highlight to our customers where their food and goodies come from and help connect them to the families who create it. John Maslin Sr. is the founder of Advanced Refrigeration Technology, an award-winning commercial refrigeration manufacturer based at Warana on the Sunshine Coast. These are the refrigerator displays we showcase our fresh and local products in at White's IGA, including our custom-made fromagerie and cheese cases, cold rooms, bulk freezer stores, delicatessen bakery and hot displays. ART, for short, specialises in the manufacture of ultra-low energy supermarket display cases. They are made in Australia for Australian climate conditions and also distributed internationally. Awarded the National Trust John Herbert Gold for Excellence for Energy Conservation and New Innovation in Refrigeration in the year 2000, John is a trailblazer, innovator and leader in his field... And I have the absolute pleasure of having John with me here now. Welcome, Mr. John Maslin.
1: Thank you, Roz. It's lovely to be here and thank you very much for the invitation.
0: I'm really excited because you have a very inspiring story, doing something in your field that nobody has done before and also people in the industry and companies in the industry are actually following you around the world in some of the innovation that you've created. And here you are on the Sunshine Coast manufacturing refrigeration. It's an incredible story. So I'm super thrilled to be able to tell your story.
1: Well, thank you. That's a lovely introduction. And uh, yeah. it's true. We do get copied around the world. We don't get a lot of recognition, obviously. Yeah. It's funny that your competitors don't like to okay. blow your tyres up. You know? But it is nice. And yeah. it, it's nice to be able to Contribute to the environment and our industry?
0: Well, it absolutely is, and I think that's become more and more important, particularly to people and being customers, people all around the world, because of what's happening with the climate and there's concerns about the changes. But not only that, yes, we need to be responsible about how we operate, trying to conserve energy consumption, but it's also A lot of the innovation with your refrigerated cases also does many other things, doesn't it? So, you know, it it preserves food longer, you get a better quality product because you have the consistency and temperature. So tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yes, you're right. There are many, many benefits to to going green. Obviously, with our product, first and foremost, it must be a great marketing tool Mm. because it's there to sell your product. Mm. It also there to preserve your product. And we put a lot of time and effort into maximising the the display value of the cases, uh, as well as the energy efficiency. Food lasts longer. Obviously, the running cost is a fraction of the Mm. typical open fridges that are in most supermarkets. And, of course, uh, the lower running cost, which equates to hundreds of thousands of dollars a year for a supermarket, in the end, that means cheaper food. Yeah and more viable businesses, less waste. Mm. All these things are, are mm. good for the, for everybody.
0: Yeah, 100%. And it's part of the whole locavore story. You have the refrigeration made here on the Sunshine Coast from Wurrana to Forest Glen or Perigean Beach. It's not very far. And then we're showcasing beautiful, fresh and local food that's been grown 10, 15 minutes apart. So it's the freshest possible lettuce or fresh product held at the best temperatures, so kept to its optimum quality of freshness in your refrigerators, which is climate-friendly food, climate-friendly preservation, and it's all happening here on the Sunshine Coast. I couldn't yeah. be more proud. It's just a perfect example of the locavore philosophy, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and it's networking. Like It's been an absolute honour for us to, to be able Able to work with the Whites group mm. and we've, we've grown together. Mm. We go back a long way, obviously. We do. And, um,
0: well, I remember meeting you probably 25 years ago, and it's part of your history, and we'll go through that and how you've built and grown your business. But I remember meeting you, I think you had a shed down at Caloundra, and Michael and I came in. We were looking for some sort of unit, I don't know what it was, on our little night owl store. And I remember meeting you there, and That was, yeah, probably 25 years ago. Yeah, yes. And then we've built that relationship, which always turns into more of a friendship, doesn't it, with absolute respect. So then that was part of our story because you built the very first commercial hydrocarbon refrigerators in Australia. So in 2012, 13, was this the prototype that we put into Blay This this version of it? No, it was
1: a a different project. That award was for some uh, corporate box fridges we built for the Olympic Superdome back in the year 2000. Now, at that time, the Olympic Superdome was touted as the greenest building on the planet Mm -hmm. and they particularly wanted hydrocarbon fridges to go in as part of the green Mm. format. No one would build them for them in mm. Australia. I was dumb enough to say yes. No, no you're, trouble. <laughs> you're good enough to say yes. You've said yes
0: to me a few times too, John. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, taking on projects like this is where you learn and grow. Yeah. If you're just doing the same thing over and over again, what do you learn? Mm, yeah. You've got to be prepared to take that leap and that chance and yeah. try new things, and and you learn and you grow. It's it's a simple thing, really. Mm. But the hydrocarbon fridges at the Superdome um, were the first commercial hydrocarbon fridges in Australia and that's actually what we got the John Herbert Gold Award for from the National Trust. That and our energy saver inserts because we were doing green stuff long before it was trendy. I've always had a a bent for the environment and, yeah, it probably came from my brother when we were in Maslin and Sons' cold rooms going back 40-odd years. Perry uh, always used to push the green side and I guess he indoctrinated me into that thinking And because back then we were making R22 uh, refrigerant fridges which, although it's considered bad now, was the greenest refrigerant where everyone else was using R12 and R502. So we've been developing environmentally friendly products for a long, long time. Mm,
0: yeah. So important, isn't it? So in 2013... We built the supermarket at Bly, Bly and you had a prototype which we collaborated and basically we were attracted to it because we've built a relationship. There was a level of trust there and you had said, you know, it will do all of these things. It'll be energy efficient, it'll reduce costs. So I guess it was that relationship that we had and that level of trust and we went yep okay let's do this so between the two of us we were able to put together the very first version of this innovation low energy consumption refrigeration into our store at blah blah and it did everything that you said it would and more and now from there that's built around the country hasn't it that version
1: absolutely and we'll be forever grateful for you taking that chance (laughs) because that was a big chance And I'm touched that you have that sort of faith in me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And even more. But I've been your nightmare over the years too, haven't (laughs) I, John? (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'll go back to stuff I said earlier. You know, some of the, um, uh, you know, crazy custom stuff you've come to me with and said, can we build this? And I go, oh, yes.
0: I don't remember you said first the fromagerie and you said, Ros, I can't do that. And I said, yes, you can, John Maslin. I know you can. And you said to me, I have to go away on my boat for two weeks and think about it. And I said, okay, you do that. And you came back and you said, yes, I can do it. And I went, yep, I knew you could.
1: Yep. And it's like I said earlier, it's those projects that help you grow because you do these new things a different way and you learn. Mm. And your mind expands and uh, new possibilities come out of every new invention. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing.
0: Well, it's an absolute joy to work with you and work on these projects to de- together and create these, you know, new designs and formats. And you've honoured me with calling one of the, the our delicatessen units after me, Della, the Deli Rosa. That's right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very nice. And it's become a, a very popular item. Yeah, it's, uh... just gorgeous, love it. So let's just share some of your backstory. What was little Johnny Maslin like that grew up in Brisbane?
1: Very active, I'd say. Look, uh, growing up in, in Brisbane in the 60s was fantastic. Yeah, it was like a big country town. You know, I used to sleep about 10 metres from the tram lines, mm. so the trams used to rattle past all night. But you, you got used to it, you didn't hear them. But living on the tram line meant I could go to the centenary pool, just jump on the tram and go, or the Chermside pool, into the city, it was a breeze. But you know, I had chooks. Kedron Brook was there. We used to swim in the creek, fish in the creek, even dare I say, it, hunted <laughs> down yeah. there. In the, it was sort of like a a country upbringing in the uh, in the city. Like you know, I had a horse. Wow! It was a great place to grow up, and I was fortunate to have a be born into a really good family and uh, wonderful parents. Yeah, but I had a dad that that taught. Mm. He didn't just do for you or make something for you. He took you aside, and, and you had to help, and, yeah. and you had to have ideas. He was a smart man.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's having that wonderful childhood support does maybe have a, has given you your inspiration oh, to no create doubt. and do what you've done. It does stem right back, doesn't it? And oh, absolutely. Yeah. So for your dad to empower you with that tinkering and creating and whatever, Yeah. do you think that was the beginning of what your absolutely amazing journey has been?
1: No doubt. No doubt at all. That's where it started. And yeah, you were encouraged to create stuff yourself and, and make your own stuff. Although I used to get very annoyed at me leaving his tools laying around the yard. But, oh dear <laughs> but, kids. But look, they were great. So look, making just stuff like your own billy carts and racing them off down the hill and um uh, you know, one story there, we'd built a billy cart and I'd only nailed the crossbar that you put your feet on down and we took it up Island Hill, which was like a, a reservoir. Came down there at about a thousand miles an hour, of course, pushing hard on the bar and it came off. And oh dear. I found myself somersaulting down a oh. bitching. Oh. <laughs> so these are good lessons in structure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go, that, a uh, lesson uh, in everything, yeah, you do. But, um, yeah, Yeah, that, even making little rubber band guns for shooting flies and. It was just all sorts of stuff oh, that we used to come just, up with. And in the, that was a day when you didn't go to the Toys R Us and buy all your toys. You know, you, you made stuff yourself and you created your own fun. Yeah, and
0: That's it.
1: Yeah, look, it, yeah, I, I think that that's why there's so many creative people from our generation, I think, where it's, everything wasn't handed to you. You had your job after school, you know, you know, you used to deliver medicine for a chemist and used to mow lawns and stuff like that. So you're encouraged to make your own pocket money, build your own toys. I really think that's why we're such a creative generation.
0: Yeah, maybe it inspired that lateral thinking, you know, from an early age. And then that lateral thinking is what you exercise to create what you do now. Mm. So let's talk about some of your early starts. So grew up in Brisbane as a kid, obviously, the little tinkering, creative little human was there already. And you became involved in the refrigeration supermarket industry in the early 70s, started your own contracting business and then founded Maslin Australia in the 80s. Then you established Advanced Refrigeration Technology, which is based at Kawana, Burana sorry, in 2004. And then you expanded into China. So here's little Johnny Maslin that grew up in Brisbane making guns to shoot flies (laughs) (laughs) to building this incredible business and exporting refrigeration made on the Sunshine Coast to other parts across the world. But also, you set up a factory in China, didn't you, for a period of time?
1: Yes, we did. It's probably about a bit over six years ago now that we started in China. It's been a struggle, to be honest. It was never aimed at the Australian market. We wanted to try and get some of our stuff into the Middle East and... The European markets, but too expensive from Australia. And back in that time, you know, I think the Australian dollar got to like a dollar ten US at one stage, and which just made exporting impossible. So I had some good friends in China that I've been working with for a long time on components and and machinery, and we decided to set up a, an operation there, basically mimicking the Australian factory, and making the exact same product, exact same components, everything. Now. <laughs> My Chinese partners weren't all that successful in, in developing markets in, in Europe. And and strangely enough, they, they were adverse to the Chinese market. They they really weren't that interested in their backyard. And I was saying to them, do you, do you understand that the, the biggest boom that this planet is ever going to see is the domestic boom in China? And you, you need to be part of it. Anyway, they're starting to come around now and just yesterday... We got our first major order from dairy farmers who are huge throughout Asia in supermarkets and they are the 7-Eleven people right through Asia for retrofit doors. It it turns out that now the energy or electricity prices in uh, Singapore in particular and Hong Kong have gone through the roof. So now they're clambering for retrofit doors (laughs) and because we've got a lot of experience in that area, our proposal's been... Accepted first trial job is uh, is being built as we speak. Now that will be, if successful, and we get all the the stores, that's like five million dollars worth of doors. Mm. Um, wow. so, all of a sudden it appears that our China operation has hit its (laughs) straps. Yeah,
0: well done, John. That's amazing. You're so humble about what you have achieved and I'm so proud of what you've achieved. And you just mentioned that as if you've just gone down to the shop and bought a, a loaf of bread or something. It's amazing. That's an incredible feat and many years of hard work to bring that to fruition. But again, this whole low energy consumption model sort of going around the world. So well done, that's incredible. So the retrofit doors are basically just closing off the open refrigeration. So it makes no difference to the, from a customer's point of view, it makes no difference to putting a barrier up or stopping the lettuce looking amazing or Mm. whatever. It actually just preserves the energy, reduces the energy consumption and then preserves the product for longer, which is what's not to love about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And of course, in the early days of the retrofit doors it was a hard sell because you know all our competitors that had the open front fridges were pushing the line you're putting a barrier between you and the customers but uh, it's about getting runs on the board and the more we got out there and people saw that their sales actually went up their wastage went down uh, the labour in working fridges went down we sort of won, and, and now all those same competitors of bringing out glass door models yeah. of, of the fridges. Yeah. Yeah, but they.
0: it's as simple as, from a customer's point of view, I remember when we were testing the closed door behind produce in our temporary store before we rolled out the the full store. I remember sort of talking to the customers, trying to get an understanding of what they thought about this. And I said to one lady, I said, "What do you think of the you know the doors on the fresh produce?" And she said, "Actually, I really like it. I know that nobody sneezed on my lettuce." <laughs> <laughs> well, and so, you know, it's that, it's that as well, isn't it? It puts a shield and protects the food from, you know, it's that hygiene, extra hygiene level as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. There is the side to glass doors that they need to be done well. We've seen a lot of cheap imports that aren't heated glass. So, mm. As you know, we heat all our glass panels. We have anti-fog film on the inside of them and, you know, all these things cost mm. but the fact is you open the door and it doesn't mm. fog mm. on the inside. Even when it's high humidity Mm. in the stores, there's no fog or rain on the outside of the Mm. doors. So they Mm. remain crystal clear Mm. and people fitting the cheap imports really do themselves and our industry a disservice Mm. because these are the things that turn people against good green
0: technologies. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So where do you think the innovation is going for the future and... Manufacturing in Australia and that type of thing. This is it's important, but where do you see it going in the future, and what are your forward plans in mm. this space?
1: Well, we are the last of the Mohicans when it comes to supermarket refrigeration manufacturers in Australia, which is sad. I think that trend will reverse. You know, given the situation in the world at the moment, and I'm hopeful more manufacturers will will come back to Australia. As far as our innovations concerned, yes we're constantly developing products and even though the product probably looks largely the, the same as it was when we did Bly the current product is is next level already mm. we're constantly working on mm. efficiencies. I'm very pleased that my eldest son John Jr is now the CEO mm. at the company and he's just turned 40 mm. and I'm I'm seeing a very very pleasant change and you know, he was very much all about commerce in recent times but all of a sudden i see him starting to adopt my innovative ways he's developing new technologies he's coming up with ideas and i i can't tell you exactly what he's doing at this stage it's secret but nope. he's working on some great stuff wow. and we've got a a prototype mm. in the uh, the shed right at the moment that he's been working on mm. that's going down to the Gold Coast for independent testing. Even though we have our own test laboratory, we believe independent testing carries more weight than testing your own product. So, yeah, watch this space there. Even though it's already Australia's most, and even worldwide, it's a very energy-efficient product. It's going to get better.
0: My goodness me, how exciting. Yeah. That yeah. sounds very thrilling. I can't wait to hear more about that. Yeah.
1: And of course, the other thing that we're working on is is the hydrocarbon Refrigerant thing. Even, even though I was one of the, the pioneers, it's been made very, very difficult by legislation to use hydrocarbon in refrigerators. So,
0: just explain what hydrocarbon is. You know, without getting too technical, can you just give, give us a bit of an understanding what it is? In a little, summarise it in a snapshot.
1: Well, I can make it very simple. Barbecue gas.
0: Okay. It's
1: propane. Is R two ninety. It's obviously more refined and dry and whatever, but that's literally what it is. Now, because it's a flammable gas, the legislators have have said you can't have more than 150 grams, which is a tiny amount of gas in in any one system. Just a personal opinion, but I think it's because there's billions of dollars being made by chemical companies out of chemical refrigerants, Mm. the ozone-depleting substances. So they've made it very, very difficult. To use hydrocarbon in systems of any any reasonable size. Now I was on a government committee that that has advised to increase that, and now we can use 500 grams, which is more sensible. But it's still a very very low level. But that is one of the uh, the things we're working on. But it's it has an ozone depleting number of zero. Mm. Now R404 has a ozone depleting number of around 4,000. Yeah, wow, that's um, crazy. 134A has about 1,300 is in rough numbers. Is the. So you can see that from an environmental point of view, propane is really, really environmentally friendly. Yeah. But given the very low gas charges, it makes it difficult to use at this stage. We are working on systems right at the moment. But largely they need to be water cool systems. Because of that, and obviously your stores are mm. water cooled, mm. yeah, and that's another one of our great innovations with the uh, geothermal cooling. From yeah.
0: that, um, incredible, just amazing. So let's talk about designing a supermarket. You design refrigeration, but it's all—it's all really key, isn't it? Because when you're designing a supermarket, and when we design ours, they're all boutique, bespoke, custom build. I use a lot of custom build products. And joinery and stuff like that, because I think that's what creates the the ambience and the feeling when you walk in. I want people to walk into one of our stores and feel like they're at home. But commercial refrigeration is one of the biggest components of designing and building a supermarket. And we're going through that right now with our Forest Glen store, aren't we? Yes. Just from your perspective, what do you you know think or feel that is important to to the customer when you're you know when we're, we're sitting there and co-creating
1: yeah well destination store is is what it's all about that that people want to go out for the shopping experience yeah, we all know you can shop online but go into one of your stores where they're beautiful places and you know you can get a cup of coffee and a nice cake and it's a day out. Mm. And I think that's a wonderful thing. The social events even, you know, you mm. meet your friends at the supermarket mm. and the beautiful stores you've been creating are very nice places to be. Yeah. And and I think that's it's a great thing because yeah. also remembering in tough times like we've just been through where you can't go to restaurants and social life becomes a lot less, the supermarket actually becomes quite a focal yeah. point. And, yeah. and it's somewhere you can go mm. and see your friends, and uh, so I think it's a lot more than mm. just getting some food to put in your yeah in your the fridge. Experience you know, it's, it. it's a total experience, and um, I think you and Lisa and mm. you know the stores you you know developing are things of beauty, and I'm, I'm really mm. pleased to be part of that. Yeah. From our point of view on the refrigeration side, we need to make the food look beautiful. We have to present it, you know, in its its best possible way, and and I think we do that. We put a lot of research in that into lighting, even lighting angles, and you wouldn't believe the um the months of my life that have disappeared into <laughs> simply the angle we mount a light at. <laughs> mm. Yeah, there's
0: you know, a lot in it. It's very yeah. intricate, isn't it? I'm really excited about our new corner custom cheese case that we've created there, which I've been working with. John, yo, I know you've been ma- you've been building. These it. two hands have built that. Price. Yes, Ooh, and I can't wait. What are we no, going to call been, this one? That's right? been Yeah, <laughs> to name no, one after Michael. It's built, been
1: built at our tin canvey facility, which is where I am. I've been doing a bit of the custom stuff up there because we're busting at the seams down here. But no, I'm I'm very excited about that fridge. In in fact, if I wasn't here, I'd be doing the test running today. We've actually. Connected it in our factory, and we're ready to test it. Oof, but, um, yeah, yeah. Look, I really enjoy doing this yeah. this sort of stuff. It's yeah, yeah, very interesting. I know
0: you do. I know you do, and I love working with you. Alrighty. So, each and every podcast, I ask each guest, "What is your motto in life?" Because I think it sometimes reflects who you are as a person, and it says a lot about how you think. So. You're an incredible man. You are creative, entrepreneurial, innovative. You're a trailblazer and a leader in your industry, John, and you're so humble and you've achieved so much and I'm so proud of you. But what is your motto in life? Thanks, Ross. Look, I'd have to
1: say there's there's two and they both come from my parents. My mum, you know, was do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great Mm -hmm. philosophy. The other one was from my dad and he used to say, faint heart, ne'er one, fair tart. And basically, if you think that through, it's about always have the courage to have a go because you don't know what you can achieve until you try.
0: Oh, that's a good and, one. And, uh, I, I actually, yeah. yeah, that's a great one. What is it again? Faint heart.
1: Faint heart, ne'er one, fair tart. Wow.
0: Where did that, so, wonder what the origins are of that? I don't
1: know. That was a bit of a philosopher. He was a racehorse trainer, hobby racehorse trainer, and did that. And I think a lot of these old sayings come from the the racetrack mob because right. they're they're classics. They've got a line for everything, you know, those guys. So I'd say it's probably from that era. Yeah, but but it is something that I took on board, and you know, I've never been frightened to have a go. I think something else he used to say was, nobody in this country has any right not to give something a try. You know, if you fail you're not put in jail, you're not strung up. If you do go broke, you're not going to starve to death. You know, there's always more opportunities. And, and really, if you've got a skill and a passion, and passion's probably the main word, you, you should pursue it because, you know, you really don't know what you can achieve until you try.
0: Wise, wise, wise words and absolutely very empowering. And I Absolutely concur with every word because that's true. We have no excuses. We just give it a crack, and we're very fortunate. And being grateful for that opportunity is really important too, isn't it? Mm. Oh, for sure, for sure.
1: And you know, I think I've also been lucky that I've been able to surround myself with with good people. You know, we all have our skill base, but none of us are great at everything. And I've been very fortunate to to have some really great staff people around me that that are strong in areas that I'm weak and and I'm very grateful to them. And the advice I'd give to anyone having a go is surround yourself with good people that have skills that you don't and, and acknowledge them, you know, yep. um, let them know how valued they are because they're the core. They really are the core of your business.
0: They are, John. I totally agree with that and you're right to say acknowledge them too because we can't do it without you know, if we're not surrounded by these great people in our teams and they're the essence of everything, every success. Can't do it without them. So look after them. They're our most valuable part of what we do. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Well, cheers. Thank you so much for joining me, John. And uh, you keep tinkering, creating, building, innovating – I'll see if I can find some more curly ones to throw at you.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much, Roz. It's been a pleasure.
0: A locavore is a person who chooses to consume food that is grown, raised or produced locally. This is the locavore podcast brought to you by White's IGA.